0: What is up, and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by David Drogemeyer and John Kegley, my two co hosts, three writers from San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, who have been covering the Chargers for three seasons now. But this was our first with the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Also, guys, if you want to listen to the Locked On Chargers podcast, it's super easy. Just tell your smart device when you get in your car, play podcast Locked On Chargers. That's the easiest way to do it. Most of our shows are about what it takes you to get to work more than likely. So that's the perfect time to listen to Locked On Chargers podcast. We have a fun show to do today. Obviously, the combine is what's all in the news right now, circulating some crazy numbers coming out of there. So we're going to get to that. But first, we're going to get to another story that's been talked about over the last few days, and that is that the 10th overall pick in the 2018 draft, Josh Rosen, might be on the market for a trade just one year after starting for Arizona with a head coach who was in his first year and Steve Wilkes, who also was fired. Cliff Kingsbury is obviously there now. He has stated before. That the number one, he would take Kyler Murray with the number one overall pick, obviously before he ever knew he would have the opportunity to, but we're going to talk about that first because there have been some Charger fans that have been like, Hey, you know, maybe we can get this guy. So we'll give you our thoughts on that. And then we'll get into the combine and just really just go over some crazy numbers that we saw from the combine, including some guys that, you know, could be potential targets for the Chargers in the draft before we start our actual draft coverage coming soon, where we'll really get into depth with it and then we'll just get then we'll just talk about uh one of the mock drafts that was made a four round mock draft obviously we haven't watched a lot of these guys yet outside of the combine and senior bowls and stuff like that but it is nice to see what direction people think the chargers are going to go in and if we agree or disagree with that but let's talk about this josh rosen potential trade that seems almost imminent at this point guys Josh Josh Rosen seems to be on the trading block. It sucks for a guy who had such a terrible offensive line and a first-year head coach that was obviously fired already. Didn't seem to get much of a chance. And now he's on the trading block, a guy that went 10th overall in 2018. John, what were your thoughts on that when you first saw it? And do you think that the Chargers should have any interest in maybe seeing what they are looking for or what they are looking to get for him?
1: My first thought was, what a mess the Cardinals must be. You just God. drafted a guy top 10 with a QB, and now you want to draft another one while trading the one you just got the year before. It's a giant mess. But I do not want to go after that. I don't want to be trading our draft picks to get another guy when we can just draft our own that we think fits our system. I don't, I don't even think Rosen's even that great and is going to even be a franchise quarterback at all. He probably shouldn't have even been a top 10 pick in my mind. He was just really, really hyped up by Mel Kuyper and those guys and all the NCAA coverage. But I don't think he's a guy that we need.
0: I see what you're saying with that. And I kind of agree that he's probably not the best fit here. And I'm not sure that he's going to be a franchise quarterback if you're looking at what you saw from him after year one. But he did put up really good numbers at UCLA. And that's obviously what you're looking for. You're seeing... If you can kind of rekindle that spark that he had in college that led him to be, you know, a great collegiate passer and one of the best quarterbacks coming out of that draft class. And I think really it comes down to what's the price, because where do you have him ranked against the guys that are in this draft? Are you going to be able to get a guy in this draft that has that kind of talent for any of the picks that you have? I mean, if you're looking to get one of the top quarterbacks in this draft class, you're going to need more than the 28th overall pick like the chargers have david so i think it is at least worth it thinking about because the chances are he's only going to go for you know uh maybe a second or third or fourth round pick from what the reports are so far you're not going to get a guy as hyped up as josh rosen with any of those picks coming up in this draft more than likely
2: yeah no reports that i've seen or read about have said that he could possibly possibly be available for a third round pick And, man, that's crazy to think about after he was one of the top quarterbacks taken in the first round just last year. So, I mean, if you can get a third or just trade a third-round pick or, you know, even maybe talk about a fourth-round pick, how could you, I mean, really not from a business standpoint, think about at least kicking the tires on a potential trade because the guy is still young. You mentioned he was behind a a terrible offensive line, uh, especially, you know, you know, just a team in general that was not very good. They just didn't have a lot of weapons. Uh, You know, you obviously had Larry Fitzgerald and everything like that. But, you know, it's not the same type of nucleus that you have already in place for the Chargers. Now, on the flip side, I'm not a proponent of bringing in a quarterback right now that's going to be going to see the field anytime soon. I think Phillip Rivers still has two to three good years left. But I do think, it would be prudent to think about bringing somebody in to sit behind Rivers and potentially learn. And, you know, that brings me back to, you know, maybe Josh Rosen could learn from Phillip Rivers, and by the time, you know, Philip is done, he could be ready to take over the reins. So I think the Chargers definitely have to at least call the Cardinals and see what's up.
0: Yeah, I think they have to do their due diligence, so to speak. And I really, honestly, the one thing you don't want them to do is just throw some crazy picks at them and, and give up way too much and you know, lose that draft capital that could help you potentially this year. But there was a take I saw on Twitter, which happened to be my first exact thoughts when I saw these reports were, hey, a third-round pick, look what the Chargers have done with their third-round picks. I mean, Chris Watt, Max Turk, Justin Jones Dan Feeney I might be okay I had the same thought (laughs) yeah I might be okay with sending that third round pick you know you get a guy that was the 10th overall pick it's a late third round pick that you have really no confidence that the Chargers will be able to use in a productive way John so that was honestly my first thought and David going back to what you said He is a guy that obviously needs help. He's not ready to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. He did have David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald, which is a good start. But also they brought in Joe Barksdale after the Chargers released him. So I think that really tells you all you need to know about the Cardinals offensive line troubles. They had, you know, one GM said that they had one of the worst offensive lines that anyone has ever put out in an NFL season. So I think that kind of puts it into perspective of what he was working with. You add into that a defensive-minded first-year head coach and all the other you know, mitigating factors that led to his terrible season. You just want to get back to that 26-touchdown, 10-interception year at UCLA you know, where he's thrown for 146 college passer rating. So I think you can see the potential, John, but he is definitely not a finished product. But, hey, a third-round pick you might be able to talk me into. Yeah, cause I had the same thought
1: that you brought up when they said that when someone brought a report up in one of the uh, groups I'm in on Facebook, that said the Cardinals could accept a third round pick. And I was like, well, I mean, we don't really do well with the third round pick anyway. So could trading the third round pick maybe be what they look for? Is drafting a, with a third pick our worst thing and maybe trading our third round pick our best thing? Could this be a new option? But to do it with the Q- Josh Rosen, I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, he could learn. Yeah, he could possibly be better with a better offensive line and some weapons. But I mean, Rivers didn't have the greatest offensive line either, and he put up better numbers. Yeah, he's a veteran at it, but we don't really have the greatest offensive line here either.
0: Yeah, we don't. But it's still much better than the the Arizona offensive line. But I I get what you're saying. But he is talented, you know. And the other part of it is is. Look at who's in the draft. I mean, him coming out of college, Josh Rosen, that is, was much more highly regarded than Daniel Jones, was much more hard, highly regarded than Drew Locke. I mean, it's probably a flip of a coin between him and Dwayne Haskins as far as what people thought about each of those guys coming out of college. And all those guys might be first round picks. So, you know, if you're getting a, a first round level talent guy, At the end of the third round, which you can't ever do anything right with anyways, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. And I wouldn't be mad if they did it. But there are teams like Washington that are much needier and need a guy that can come in potentially and, you know, be the starter for them. So I don't think it's going to happen, but I definitely thought it was a good conversation to broach, especially with the combine happening and with these, you know, rumors flying around and the Chargers obviously needing to address their successor to Philip Rivers sometime soon, maybe in this draft, maybe not. We will see, but it definitely could be a legitimate option. But I do want to get into the draft and just talk about, you know, obviously DK Metcalf, who was just a absolute freak and some other guys that could be potential chargers coming up in the next segment. All right, guys, it's time to talk about the 2019 scouting combine for the NFL in Indianapolis, obviously that just got done. That's wrapping up right now. And there are some just eye-popping statistics to talk about and eye-popping numbers from some f- super athletic freaks in this class. I, I think the the average 40 time is one of the fastest ever, just of any like receivers, linebackers, defensive line. It is just a group of super athletes. And the Chargers are very lucky that this is the class that we hope they take a defensive lineman in because some of these defensive linemen are absolute freaks but you have to start with the star of the show and that is dk metcalf who just put up some ridiculous numbers david and really all you need to do is see him without a shirt to just be like oh my god
2: <laughs> yeah that guy's amazing i mean he's got julio jones size he's got terry kill speed He's got 1.6% body fat. The guy is a absolute freak. I mean, the 40 time was 4.33. A guy of that size running that fast is unfathomable to me, Daniel.
0: It's crazy. I mean, it just doesn't make sense when you look at him, John. It's just he's just a freak. Like he's giant, he's crazy fast. The one thing, you know, the one knock they had on him was the three cone drill; really he doesn't seem to have great lateral quickness, which is something you need to get separation in the league. But just I mean, tell, putting it this way, you know, hey, he's as fast as Brandon Cooks. I saw he put up more bench press reps than Khalil Mack, and he had a higher vertical than Julio Jones. He's just—it looks like the next evolution of mankind.
1: Yeah, he could be the. Bo Jackson of wide receivers, if you will. I mean, these are kind of like the numbers you would see out of a Bo Jackson, even though Bo as a running back put a way better combine numbers. But you, you took what I was going to talk about, which was his three-cone drill. He ran a 7.38, and that lateral quickness is something you're going to need, especially with an offense that Phillip Rivers has where you need a Keenan Allen-type performance of breaking away from a defender on a short route because the pressure is in Rivers' face, if he can't have that separation like Keenan Allen does or just an NFL wide receiver does, then all that speed means nothing because he won't have the ball in his hands to run with.
0: Yeah, and that is an important part of it. But just as far as, hey, the eye test, I mean, you can't really pass it in a better way than DK Metcalf. And it's not really even a conversation for the Chargers because there's no way he's going to get to the Chargers at 28. I think he probably put his stock up there as probably maybe the first wide receiver off the board when the May draft comes, when the draft comes around. But another guy that just put up a freakish number was Montez Sweat David, running a 4-4-1, the fastest ever 40 by a defensive lineman. And really, you know, faster than 80% of the receivers, 90% of the receivers, like, No one that size should be able to run that (laughs) fast.
2: The guy's 260 pounds and he's running a 4-4. To put that in perspective, Melvin Gordon, our first round running back, I believe ran in the 4-5s. So if you're a defensive end and you're running faster than a star caliber running back, that is definitely crazy speed in a – Defensive ends body, it's just unreal.
0: Yeah, Melvin Gordon with a 4.52 40 yard dash, then you have Montez Sweat coming in with a 4.41, just a ridiculous time. And there was a couple other guys that were right behind him, John, that I know you want to talk about. And the first one is Devin White, the freak linebacker out of LSU, who could be a top 10 pick in the draft, and then also Devin Bush, the Devin brothers. Devin Bush coming in right behind him with a 4.4340. This is a new generation of linebackers. It is ridiculous. I mean,
1: let's just talk about Devin White first. Let's just talk about his 40 time. He ran a 4.42. During the combine, they had him with a hologram of Tyro Matthew, Odell Beckham Jr., and Patrick Peterson all running with Devin White's 40. And he beat Odell Beckham, he beat Tyrone Matthew, and he was only .04 behind Patrick Peterson, and this guy's a linebacker. <laughs> that is a ridiculous amount of speed, and yeah, I mean, linebackers are meant to run backwards and to the side and run straight through a hole for like a 10-yard burst to make a tackle on a running back, but that shows his athleticism and how well he takes care of himself. I mean, you can't run that fast if you're not stretching and recovering the right way, and working out and doing drills every day. You can't run that way unless you're taking care of yourself while also being the size that he is. And his three-cone drill was a 7.07, which is better than most people. I wouldn't say it's great. I don't. I personally don't think it, that's a great one. But it's better than what most get. So I think he could literally be someone the Chargers should look at, but will he be there? I don't think
0: he will yeah I don't think there's any possibility of that unfortunately I mean even Devin Bush I saw somebody doing a mock draft where they had Devin Bush going in the third round and I just laughed at it because that is laughable (laughs) I mean it's just that you can keep dreaming I mean it was definitely a a, a site focused on one team I think it was the Jaguars maybe but uh, these these guys I, I can tell you one thing John he's not getting burnt by Anthony Sherman can we all agree on that uh either one of these (laughs) linebackers. I mean, because the thing is, even with the cone drill, yeah, that's not, you know, an eye-popping, you know, stat. It's not an eye-popping time. But the thing, if you watch Devin White, if you saw any LSU games, I mean, the kid is just a a generational-looking talent at linebacker. And if you could take him, if you could trade up to get him, as long as you're not getting super crazy with it, I'd be okay with it because he is just an absolute freak, he hits hard, he runs fast, he covers well. He's the next generation of linebackers, and you saw it. And another guy that just was freakishly athletic for his size, potentially the number one pick, was Quinnen Williams. Another guy that if we could trade up to get Quinnen Williams without giving up any, you know, the rest of your picks, you would possibly think about it. Because he ran a 4.83 as a 303-pounder, David and you just put that together with you know just being the most one of the most de- dominating defensive tackles in the draft it's just crazy to see how athletic these guys are getting
2: yeah no i mean hey the the speed of the game is never it's never getting slower it's always getting faster seems like these athletes are figuring out ways to make themselves even faster even more fluid It's just every year. I mean, you just see crazy physical specimens. Mr. Williams here at that size is crazy. Obviously, we all know the Chargers have a huge deficiency or hole in the middle of that defensive line. So to plug a guy of that caliber, that skill uh, into that defensive line would be amazing, but... Obviously, um we're probably it's probably wishful thinking because he's probably not gonna be there at twenty-eight.
0: Yeah, more than likely not. And then the, really the number that everyone was talking about, just to, to reference it here, was Kyler Murray. Everyone was talking about Kyler Murray because he came in over five foot ten, which is really a funny kind of sentiment, because it's like, oh, if he was five foot nine and seven eighths, then he's off the board. Nobody will draft him as if that's going to make the difference. But came in much closer to a Russell Wilson size than everyone thought. So he's absolutely going to be there. The Chargers aren't going to you know, sneak into the Kyler Murray conversation, I wouldn't say, even though I would be at 100% down. He might be the number one pick in this draft when things are all said and done. But, John, lastly, a couple guys that you know the Chargers might be into. I know you were looking at some Iowa tight ends at the Combine putting up some impressive numbers. And then another guy I saw, you know, Jerry Tillery, who a lot of people have pegged as the Chargers' first-round pick, put up decent numbers for 9-3 in the 40, 23 bench press reps, not, you know, overly strong for an interior guy on the defense. But had I'd say okay numbers didn't really sway me in one way or the other. I have to agree. I, I would say it doesn't sway me. But I want to I
1: bring up a good a point here that I – Read about with that with that guy that I saw someone mentioning about how the uh, the combine means nothing. It's just people finding another reason to draft a guy. These stats can mean a lot, actually. Let's just let's just use the forty time. It, yeah, running backs need that speed. Wide receivers need that speed. You got to know as a defensive back that you can go from zero to twenty miles per hour in like five seconds or whatever. But these things show how well these guys keep their bodies, how athletic they can be, how much they're improving, because believe it or not, there's guys that are watching NFL, are watching the college film right now going, okay, this guy just took off from this route position and got to the 30-yard line in this much time. Let's see how he did at the 40. Is he improving? Is he working hard? There's so many other things that happen than just, oh, this was his time. This was his bench press reps. And, like, for example, I'll even show you that there's a Guy that the Chargers could get, I think he could fall. And he is a defensive tackle from Clemson. And that is Dexter Lawrence, who did 36 reps at the bench press. That alone, right there, shows you that this guy is massively strong. Mm -hmm. He's really big. He could probably move somebody. And we all need that type of guy in there. And he could probably fall to us. But yeah, but that number doesn't tell everything. And Wade, you can agree with me on this. He has things like his speed was only at 5.05. So that, mu- that means he's probably not explosive out of his stance. There's things like his weight is 342. So he- could that be muscle? Could that be fat? You know, like How well does he take care of himself? Yeah, he's got a lot of strength, but is he going to be able to play every down of every play as fast as he can? Like Jamal Williams played a lot with his size, but, but that's a rare specimen. <laughs> You can't find guys that are 342, 6'4", that bench 36 times that could also play every down. You know, there's other things you got to look at in here that can describe that.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and that's really not even the biggest red flags on Dexter Lawrence as far as taking him with the first round pick. I was impressed by a 5.05 at 342 pounds. I definitely don't think that's a detriment to him. That is absolutely insane i mean even quentin williams yeah you're talking about 0.2 seconds but a guy who's 40 pounds heavier uh, i think really more what you're looking like at in those john is just the 10 second splits how fast is he getting that first 10 yards is much more important than how fast he's getting to 40 yards because he's not running 40 yards up the field that that first 10 yards that first step that explosion that's what you're looking for but with dexter lawrence my only concern is that hey, this guy might just be a two-down, run-stuffing, gap-eating type of defensive tackle that you might have to take off the field on third downs because he hasn't been a great pass rusher, hasn't shown that, but potential is there, absolutely. There is one more segment I want to get into, though, and that is just a post-combine mock draft with the combine numbers set, set in now and what they thought the Chargers were going to do in the first four rounds of the draft coming up right after this. All right, guys, time to get into the final segment in the show. And I thought it would be fun just to look at, you know, a mock draft and to see what people think the Chargers are going to do now that the combine is done and all the numbers are in how they're going to go about it. So I found a four round mock draft by SB Nation and, and took who they said they were going to take on there just to kind of give us a reference. And obviously we haven't gotten fully into our draft scouting yet and who we want the Chargers to take. But I more just want to talk and take a look at you know who they're taking in the first round second round, third round, what positions they're putting where and how we like that strategy as opposed to what we think that they should do and you know when they should take a backup quarterback and so on and so forth. All right, so on this website in the first round, they are mocking the Chargers to pick Andre Dillard, the tackle out of Washington State. I think the position, you don't mind, guys. It's hard to say whether this guy is good enough to be in the league. There's going to be a few tackles that go before him but really you want him to be an offensive right tackle more than likely. He played in Washington state, a very pass happy football team and was pretty good in pass protection. So I think you could see, you know, some promise there, David, what would you think about the chargers, you know, getting an offensive tackle in the first round?
2: I mean, I definitely wouldn't be upset about it as long as, you know, the value fit the pick. I mean, it's no secret that the chargers need a long-term answer at right tackle, obviously what they have in place right now is Sam Tevi. Uh, you know, maybe even Michael Schofield. If, if, you know, he moves over to make way from Forrest Lamp, we're not comfortable with what they have at right tackle right now. But, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, this can change depending on what the Chargers do in free agency. But, you know, just, to, you know, to speak on this particular mock draft, uh, I think it needs to be a point of emphasis if they do not grab somebody. Uh, and free agency to get somebody in the draft and get them very early. So first or second round pick spending on an offensive tackle, specifically a right tackle, uh, I think would be a good move.
0: Well, and we saw when we talked in our last show that there is not a lot out there in the free agent tackle market, which would you know lead to maybe them trying to get one in the first round. But let me remind you guys that in the last 30 years, the Chargers have drafted an offensive lineman in the first round. And that was DJ Fluker. So we don't have a lot to go off of. That was also when they needed a right tackle. And that turned out to be a colossal failure. But usually tackles in a Mike Leach offense, you have to be good in pass protection. You have to be good kicking back and getting back against some speed rushers in the Pac-12. A lot of athletes out there, even if it's not Alabama, they're going up against. He's definitely gone up against some good pass rushers and done well against them to even get a consideration in the first round. John, what would you think about an offensive tackle possibly in the first round? I think you could get better value guys in the second round, maybe
1: fourth round area for a tackle. I'd rather go for the big defensive linemen in the first round because those tend to be the guys that that have the biggest gap in between the rounds. So like the first round defensive lineman versus a fourth round defensive lineman, the gap is way bigger compared to a first round tackle and a fourth round tackle, typically in most of the drafts I've seen, the, the gap is a lot smaller and typically those first those first round tackles also tend to be guys that are like really hit and miss. Like you either hit the jackpot or you hit a guy that you're gonna be losing in like four to five years that jumps around on teams. Kinda of like a like with uh, Jake Long was with the Dolphins.
0: I think really what it comes down to is if you're going to pick a tackle in the first round that late, when a guys like Juwan Taylor and Jonah Williams are already off the board going to other teams, you better be sure that that guy can come in and fill your right tackle position and be an upgrade there for at least his rookie contract of four years or five years with the option. I think it has to be a sure thing if you're going to pull the trigger on a tackle in the first round that late. So then in the second and third round, guys, it has the Chargers going. Gerald Willis, the third out of Miami, an interior defensive lineman who had a really good season. They had a very good defensive front. And then Jermaine Pratt out of North Carolina State, a linebacker. John, I know that you said that you would like to go defensive lineman in the first round, but if they did go tackle in the first round, would you like to see them do something like that and then address the defensive tackle position and also get a linebacker with the next couple picks? Uh,
1: It's really tough because I really don't see a scenario where I would like to get a tackle in the first round. I really don't see one. And I don't see, so far, based on what I've seen, a guy that I think is worthy enough for the Chargers to take with that first-round pick. But as long as they do address that defensive tackle position and linebacker position in the draft at some point, I would like that approach. If they really feel like there's a tackle that they want, that's in the first round that they feel like they have to get. And then they took the approach of getting a linebacker or defensive tackle in the second, fourth, third round, somewhere around there. I'd be okay with that. I mean, I try not to say the third round, because as we mentioned earlier, we (laughs) are pretty bad in the third round, but I mean, Curses are meant to be broken at some point, so maybe this could be that year we finally have that third-round pick that we go, oh, my God, i got to get his jersey.
0: Well, it's just crazy because last year it seemed like they even stepped up their game a little bit, going with Justin Jones, a projecting you know fifth- or sixth-round pick. A third, uh, you know, a, a day-three type of a guy with that pick was just mind-boggling, so we never know what they're going to do. But, David, you have to like that at least these three positions – or you're getting spots that you need fill-ins at. You. You're you getting guys that can come in and hopefully be an upgrade on positions that you need upgrades at.
2: Yeah, no, I think it's pretty clear that you know these positions that are on this mock draft are all positions that the Chargers need to address. You need a, a linebacker, specific, hopefully one that can run sideline to sideline, uh, <laughs> a good run stuffer. We need obviously need a really good offensive tackle, a right tackle to protect Philip Rivers' blind side, uh, and you know a defensive tackle who can actually you know create some push and be a good run defender, and then obviously an upgrade at backup quarterback uh, and maybe someone you could potentially groom to be a starter. Those are all areas the Chargers need to target, whether that be through free agency or the draft. So at least you know with this mock draft, yeah, you're getting guys that can fill needs that the chargers have going into the next season
0: well and that leads to the last pick on this mock draft which is you know maybe the successor to philip rivers a, a fellow nc state quarterback and ryan finley coming to the chargers in this mock draft in the fourth round The one position that I see on this list that doesn't get addressed, John, that scares me a little bit is the position of safety. If you're not getting one in the first four rounds, what kind of production can you hope for that? And obviously this is if they don't get somebody that you feel good about in free agency, you know, can you really trust a fifth round, sixth round, seventh round safety to come in and produce the way you need them to produce in the back end?
1: It, the question really becomes, are we going to get one in free agency? And I think, does this uh, website that we're looking at also have a prediction on what we're going to do with free agency? Like, are they thinking, we think this position is going to be addressed in free agency, so they probably won't target it in the draft? Or do does this website not even know what they're talking about, and doesn't think the Chargers need a safety? I mean, these are some things that I would like to know about this website first. but. It, does, it would worry me if we didn't try targeting a safety in free agency or the draft. If we waited till the sixth or seventh round or even undrafted free agents to get a safety or we brought Jalila Die back without bringing in somebody to maybe take his role later on in the year if we felt like he showed more promise, it would definitely worry me with where the Chargers' heads are.
0: Yeah, and I think that really the Chargers are banking on, hey, if we keep Julio Adai and Adrian Phillips leaves, we could put him in that dime linebacker position, move somebody back, Desmond King, Jalen Watkins back to free safety, maybe Rayshon Jenkins there. I think that they don't necessarily believe that they have as big of a hole as we all perceive them to have, but that's why I don't get carried away with these mock drafts. That's why we're not doing an entire show on mock drafts right after the combine, because Guess what? We don't know the positions they're going to fill in free agency. So it's it's impossible to really speculate on the way they're going to go. Obviously, number one in a draft is you want to get good talent. You want to be able to take the best talent available and also get somebody of a position of need. But that's not always the way that it works. But lastly, I just want to talk about David. Would you be more in on getting a quarterback like the Chargers doing this mock draft in the fourth round or maybe like other you know, mock drafts have had it. Maybe them taking a quarterback in the first round.
2: Yeah, no, I'm definitely not an advocate of getting a quarterback in the first round just because I feel like you need to capitalize, like I've said before, capitalize on the window of getting a championship that you currently have with Phillip Rivers. I think you need to put the pieces around him right now to be able to go get a championship. I think that's what you need to do. I think getting a quarterback in the first round would be detrimental to making that happen. I, I think if we're going to if the Chargers were to get a quarterback, I would like to see it in the middle rounds. Uh, I think they need to address areas of immediate need first and then you know, maybe get somebody to groom in the middle of the, of the draft.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, and I think really the big thing about getting a quarterback in the first round, if you're the Chargers, is, hey, you get that fifth-year control of this guy who might be sitting behind Phillip Rivers for one to two seasons, maybe three seasons. I mean, if you get a guy after the first round, you have him for four years, so if he sits behind Phillip Rivers, then he comes in and does great, you're having to pay that guy after two seasons. But, John, anything else that you want to talk about concerning this mock draft? and surrounding the Chargers and draft combine and free agency season. I want to bring up a question to you guys. I know we are already pretty set
1: at the running back position with our, with the three guys that we have, but the Georgia running back, Elijah Holyfield ran a really bad 40 and he ran a 4.78 and that's not his real speed. He just probably had a bad day or something. But if he was to somehow drop to like the fifth or sixth round, would you guys be open to bringing in an, another speedster to this offense and maybe have four guys or something along those lines or maybe a guy that takes the practice squad for a couple of years?
0: I mean, it's hard to say because all these guys are going to have pro days and you know put up better numbers in their own environments at their own schools and we'll kind of be able to evaluate it more after that. But I am not at all – Against the Chargers bringing in a running back, there are some good running backs in this class. There's guys that you can get at later rounds with good value. You only have Melvin Gordon, you know, Melvin Gordon is going to be gone soon, so you have to have a backup plan there. I don't know if they will, and I also don't know what they would be getting that instead of. You know, are you doing that instead of maybe getting a project? For the offensive line or the defensive line or a safety to put back there, so I think that's really what it comes down to more. But hey, we're gonna look at the running backs in this class. I'm sure there's going to be guys that are going to be very tempting to take. But we are going way long on this show, so we will continue more free agency, more draft talk, and more guests coming up in the next shows. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC to get all the latest. Shows when they come out and also interact with us and tell you who you think we should get in free agency, who you like in the draft and so on and so forth. And also make sure to go like the Facebook page, Locked on Chargers. Once the season starts, you can find us doing live shows once a week on our other show, Chargers Domination Live, and we will share it on the Locked on Chargers Facebook page so you can see what we look like while we're recording the shows and and give you kind of an hour and a half weekly show as opposed to the 30 minute shows you get every day and you can also tell us who you think that we should get in the draft and free agency by calling the locked on chargers voicemail line at 323-524-7924 if you leave the voicemail we will put it on the show we always do we haven't gotten a call in a while guys so step your game up and give us something to talk about on the show so we can tell you that you're wrong no i'm just kidding but until next time, guys, make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. And make sure when you're getting on the car, in the car to go to work, you tell your smart device, play podcast, Locked On Chargers. It's the easiest way to do it. And now you have something to listen to on your way to work like we know a lot of our listeners do. But make sure you guys take it easy. We will talk to you later. Until then, go Bolts.